This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. The Joe Pag Show. To talk to Joe, call 888-941-PAGS. And now, it's Joe Pags. You bet you're glad to have you here. Thanks a lot for stopping by. The state of Florida does something right yet again. And I mean politically and when it comes to freedom and liberty. You gotta like it. I don't know if you have this angle, Carrick, because I know that we have the one with the Surgeon General in Florida, but there's also one where Ron DeSantis goes after a reporter. I think I have the actual video of that, and I'll play that during this hour as well, because a reporter is talking about the don't say gay bill or something. And they keep calling it the, the, the don't don't say gay bill, which it's not. That's just dumb. Um, in fact, Kate McKinnon from Saturday Night Live, who's gay, and I, I didn't know she was gay until recently. I don't care that she's gay. I'm not trying to get with her. I don't care who she loves. She can love whoever she wants. None of my business. I don't care. But she called herself something like ridiculously gay, something like that. And the representation in the media is that the state of Florida, and Ron DeSantis specifically, is trying to make it so that nobody in the state can say gay, which is not the case whatsoever in this bill. And DeSantis has had it, and he goes after a reporter who calls it that. So we'll do all that and then some on your Tuesday. It's Taco Tuesday. Oh, yes. We can't see your face today, Carrie. What the heck? Wonder what version we're gonna get. I've got my tacos, my radio. Taco. A little salsa, I'm ready to go. Taco, taco, taco. Enchilada, no cheesy nacho. Maybe I want a taco right now. Bring it now. Come on now. Now me and Polo, we like the hot sauce. That's right. Because he's the boss. Bean and cheese farts. Can't even show her. Carrie Larky. Busy farting. She's full of corn tortillas and beans. Taco. It's Taco Tuesday on the Joe Pat Show. You betcha. It's Taco Tuesday on the Joe Pat Show. I'm eating tacos with Polo. Taco Tuesday. Uh-huh. Taco Tuesday. You know it. Polo, if you could, please. Taco. Exactly right. Uh, Carrie, uh, appreciate the bean and cheese farts. Thank you very much for that. So, um, no, that wasn't me. What? Nope. No, well, you were the inspiration for it, let's be honest. No, I was not. Actually. Pretty sure you were. No, we actually talked not. about that at the meeting before yeah. the show. You weren't uh, there because you're at your secret location sure. today. Yes. Um, and you know well, why. Yes. I do. I do. Yeah. Too okay. much wine last well. night. I get it. I get it. <laughs> no. What? You no, said I know why. That was not the case. You do know why. I have why the email. Yeah, I got really sure. ripped last night, Pags. I mean, I had right here in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> You're pretending no. that didn't happen? It did not happen. It did not. Um, all right, so let's let's do the Surgeon General one first, and then I'll back it up with Ron DeSantis, who just doesn't have any time for these people anymore. 
Um, and, and, and I love that he does it because people should be called out. And, and the journalist, try, or the reporter, who, not, not really a journalist, the reporter tries to play it off. Well, that's what people are calling it. It, like that makes it okay to report it that way because some idiot called it the don't say gay bill. Now I can call it the, 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 the don't get, say gay bill and then I'm just going to blame it on somebody else that they were calling it the don't say gay bill. And DeSantis just ain't having it. But but let's start with the Surgeon General of Florida. What, what did this person say? From the New York Post, Florida will become the first state in the nation to formally recommend against COVID-19 vaccines for healthy children, a local official said Monday. A Florida Surgeon General, Dr. Joseph Latipo, announced the move, which would defy guidance issued by the Federal Centers for Disease Control and Prevention that all children ages 5 to 7 should be vaccinated. The Florida Department of Health is going to be the first state to officially recommend against the COVID-19 vaccines for healthy children, Latipo said. He did not elaborate or specify when the agency would officially release its guidelines. The CDC has said coronavirus vaccinations give children five and older strong protection against hospitalization and death from the illness. Children are less likely than adults to experience severe symptoms of COVID-19, but public health experts have said the vaccines further reduce their risk and help prevent them from spreading the virus. Okay, so let's break this down. And again, correct me if I get anything wrong. You're the news lady. That's why we keep you around. That and your sparkling personality. I'm Mm, sorry? That's it. I couldn't hear you. What did you say? Well, I was said news goddess, you know. You said news lady. Um, Goddess sounds better. I'm sorry, lady somehow is that inappropriate suddenly? What are we, is this a woke moment? Say, is this what I this is? I did not say it's inappropriate. I just said goddess sounds better. News goddess. Wow. There you wow. Go. It is National oh, Women's second. Day or International Women's Day. Is yep. it really? We're all goddesses. Is yes. it really? Seriously, you didn't know that? When is National Men's Day? <laughs> you don't goddess. have one. You don't have news one. Goddess. <laughs> goddess. Okay. Okay. You can stop. You can stop playing that. News goddess. News goddess. Okay. Scott. <laughs> Scott. You'll get it, buddy. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I love that one. It always charges me up. It motivates me. You'll get it, buddy. All right. Um, all right. So l- let me break this down. It wasn't even a month ago when um, Dr. Anthony Fauci, the chief epidemiologist on the planet, the man who knows so much about so much, said that he wanted Where's children as young as, what's that? Uh, it is mine. No, he just suddenly disappeared. Walensky suddenly has nothing to say either from the CDC. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? So um, we haven't because they've been told, get out of the spotlight. We're changing everything. We're going to lose the election. So what they what, what he said was he wanted children as young as, as two years old. Some reports said he wanted children as young as six months old to, to get the, the, the I, I keep hesitant. I don't want to call it the vaccine because it's not. It's a jab with an experimental drug. He wanted them to be as young as six months old. And then the next day, the Pfizer guy said, yeah, let's get boosters once a year at least. And then there were teachers unions in California and elsewhere trying to push for every kid to be vaccinated before they went back to school. And Florida just said, screw you all. This is reality. Did I get that right? That's what they were all saying, right? Uh, Yes, they were. Yes, that is correct. I mean, honestly, recently, um, very recently, these people are all telling us that kids need to get the shot. We're re-upping the EUA for the shots, and and those 15 and younger, it's safe for them now, and it's safer if you're 12, now it's safe if you're 6, now it's safe if you're 2, it's safe if you're 6 months old. Again, on local television here in the San Antonio area, I literally saw a grandmother crying. I just want my grandkids to be safe and to get the shot. And Florida says, mm-mm, this is not proven to be safe for kids. And what are they saying, the cutoff ages? He doesn't even want people 12 to get it? 
Um, well, they're saying five to seven. They're defying the guidance that the kids five to seven should be vaccinated. Are you saying that they should be or should not be in the Surgeon General? Uh, the, the Florida Department of Health is saying they should not be vaccinating right. yeah. ages five to seven. Right. So, in other words, they shouldn't be vaccinating people younger than five. And, and I mean, seven still is a little bit young, to be honest with you. They should just come out and say it. There is more risk than there is any sort of benefit for anybody 15 years and, and younger. It's not, it's not even close. In fact, at 40 years old, you're still at a very, very low risk of dying from COVID-19. But Florida makes the right move. And DeSantis just doesn't care. How much doesn't he care? Well, he's at some news conference, and I think he says something about it. he wants to go eat or something. I think he's hungry. But um, this person decides to ask him about the don't say gay bill, which, of course, is not called the, the, the don't say gay bill. Does it say that in the bill? Does it say that in the bill? I'm asking you to tell me what's in the bill because you are pushing false narratives. It doesn't matter what critics say. Well, it says instruction on sexual identity and gender orientation. For who? For, for grades pre-K through three. So five-year-olds, six-year-olds, seven-year-olds. And um, the idea that you wouldn't be honest about that and tell people what it actually says, it's why people don't trust people like you because you peddle false narratives. And so we disabuse you of those narratives. And we're going to make sure that parents are able to send their kid to kindergarten without having some of this stuff injected into their school curriculum. It's, a, it's actually pretty simple. Now, Carrie, they have not been reporting this correctly this entire time. This is for pre-K through third grade. Third grade. Mm-hmm. So five, six, and seven-year-olds are affected. In other words, if your five-year-old goes to school, the teacher isn't allowed to teach your five-year-old about transgenders and, and being gay. Well, not even that. It's not even about gay at all. It's about you can't talk about gender identity, which is which gender are you? That's not something a five-year-old needs to know about. And you also can't talk about sexual orientation. Now, unless you're a pedophile, you understand that five-year-olds don't know anything about orientation because they're not, they're not dealing with sex or relationships in that sense. So I mean, why is this controversial? Why is a full-grown adult woman on Saturday Night Live, who happens to be gay, why is she talking about it as if nobody is allowed to ever talk about this in school? That's not what it is. This is the teacher can't teach about gender identity, which is you think you're a different gender than what your biological sex is, or sexual orientation. Carrie, is a five, six, or seven-year-old child, does your five, six, seven-year-old boy, did they need to know about sexual orientation? No, no. I, I didn't realize I liked girls till I was like 12. And still, I think a girl beat me up at 12, I think. Yeah. At five? Five. Who's talking about that? Who's five years old going, man, I'm not sure if I want to get with guys or girls. Who's saying that at five? Nobody. So this is ridiculous to begin with. But, I mean, DeSantis rightfully calls out this reporter, and not, not that he attacked the reporter, and that's funny or fun, but the reporter says the don't say gay bill, or critics are calling it, the don't say gay bill. That would be like critics say you beat your wife, Governor DeSantis. What do you say to that? Well, no, bring real information. Don't bring some garbage that's going to make your point for you. And that's the game they play. Well, critics call it the don't say gay bill. What are your thoughts on Well, and, and he was right to call the guy out. Don't call it that. Where does it say that? 
Well, it's about sexual orientation and, and gender identity. Right. For who? Well, uh, kindergarten through third grade. Right. So why are we having a, a conversation about this? Why are we pretending it's like something that it isn't? And, and they shouldn't be. And I like that he calls people out. These people deserve to be called out because they're purposely lying. He's putting a false narrative out there. Let's call it the don't say gay bill and then make DeSantis answer to the don't say gay bill when that's not what it is. Period. So either get your news from Saturday Night Live or read the actual legislation. It's kind of simple. It really is. 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. Florida is the first state where the Surgeon General there, the health department there, said they don't recommend the shot for, for children of, of these ages. And the don't say gay thing is not really don't, the don't say gay thing. It's don't teach gender identity and sexual orientation to kids you know, five, six, and seven years old. It's not really controversial at all if you think about it in those terms. Your thoughts when we come back. Keep it here. Joe Pags. I appreciate you stopping by. Thanks a lot for being here. About 10, 11 minutes away from Dr. Katherine Kuhlman, Dr. Katie Kuhlman. She's a clinical psychologist we talk about a lot, including what's it like to deal with gas prices? You know, what's happening in our heads when it comes to you know, going to the store and maybe not finding on the shelf what you want to find on the shelf? Why was there a run on toilet paper when COVID first hit? I mean, we talk about all that stuff. Plus, we talk about the stresses that are involved generationally when it comes to Ukraine and Russia going on around us, which is not easy to, to, to see, but I am hearing and feeling differences when it comes to the generations of people that we're talking about and defund the police, fund the police. How do we know what to believe when it comes to news as well? So we're going to get into all that and then some. Meantime, I'm going to tell you about stamps.com. Time is money. You know that. If you're running a small business, especially if you're like the one guy or gal who's running the whole joint, you know that your time is money. The more time you can spend getting another uh, another client, acquiring new customers and sending out more stuff. The more the more time you spend building that business, the less time you, you have really to spend on shipping. Stamps.com is going to make it easy for you. They've been an indispensable uh, partner now for over 20 years for over a million businesses. Stamps.com gives you the access to all the post office uh, and UPS shipping services you need right from your computer. Uh, discounts that you're not going to find anywhere else. Up to 40% off of USPS rates, 76% off of UPS. Whether you're in office sending out invoices, a side hustle Etsy shop, full-blown warehouse, go to Stamps.com right now, put in promo code PAGS, get a special offer that includes a four-week trial, free postage at a digital scale. You don't have to worry about long-term commitments or contracts. Stamps.com is the website. Go there, click on the microphone at the top of the page, enter my code PAGS, Stamps.com, enter code PAGS, make that happen, and make it happen right now. You go to the phone lines, I appreciate you online too. David, what's happening in Las Vegas? Hi. Well, what's happened in Las Vegas is a lot of the same stuff that's going on all across the country. Um, I remember when my son was three years old, he literally, he saw Jurassic Park and he literally thought he was a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Nice. He walked around the house like that. He tried to walk around like school like that. And as soon as his teachers realized what was going on, they tried to put him on like Adderall and all that. Right. You know, and, and so I had to sit my son down and have a talk with him and tell him, Son, you're not a dinosaur. Right. 
No matter how much you want to be a dinosaur, you're never going to be a dinosaur. Are you sure, though, that he wasn't a T-Rex for a while? He was a (laughs) T-Rex for in his brain. He truly believed it, right? He truly believed he was a T-Rex. Yes. But he realized when when I showed him what a real-sized sheep looked like, he could never pick that up with his mouth. Well, that would have been pretty hard. If he if he did that, you just would have admitted that he was a T Rex. I get your point. It is yeah, it, it no, is, I, no. If, if he could have picked up a full grown sheep and right. tore him apart like a T Rex, right? Yes. I would no, no. I, I I get the point. I mean, the point is that we, the adults, should be telling people, you know, what's right, what's wrong, what's true, what's false, and we're not. Instead, we're arguing about it, and we're dealing with five, six, and seven year olds, and it doesn't make any sense. David, I appreciate you. Thanks. Let me go back at it. Let me say how to line one. It's Jake in Texas. Jake, what's going on? Hi. Hey, Joe, I'm all with you on what you were saying a minute ago about cool. what boy, six or seven-year-old boy is uh, sitting around thinking, do they want to get with a dude or not? Right. Uh, and that's the way it always used to be. But unfortunately, there are so many of those kids now that are living with their parents being both males or both females. So those kids, I think, there's probably a lot of kids out there that are forced to think about that kind of thing way before kids should ever even think about or understand any of that and not to tear down gay folks but that's just one of the consequences of of them in that world that's why years back it was you can't do this you can't be two guys raising a a child and then it became normal so now it's normal so this is just a, a i don't know an extension of that well, I hear you, brother, but I got to I got to say this: the numbers are nowhere near what people think they are. The allegation by the LGBTQ XYZ one two three plus plus XY two two nine to the fourth power, the people who are in those radical groups would have you believe that it's twenty percent of the population is gay or trans or something. It's not true. The gay population is about five percent, maybe six percent. That's about it. So it's not as much as you might think. Now, they want 20% representation in media. They've made that clear. They want 20% representation on a sitcom or in a drama. And I think they're getting it, to be honest with you. There's always several gay characters, always you know, several fill-in-the-blank check marks that we have to do to be woke. Having said that, the reality is there aren't that many. And, and at the end of the day, I think more people are getting confused by gender identity and by, and by sexual orientation at a very young age because teachers are forcing that information on them. That, hey, you're six years old, it's okay to be a girl if you want to be a girl, be a boy if you want to be a boy. That is not what they should be teaching. They should be teaching math and, and uh, history and, and writing and so on. At the end of the day, you have to let nature take its course. And as they get older, maybe through puberty, you want to start having classes that talk about that and here's what uh, would exist in society and here's what they feel and here's what they believe and here's who they're attracted to. Using it as an educational tool, once a kid is old enough to understand what's going on, I get it. But if you're telling that to a four or five or six or seven-year-old, you're truly trying to indoctrinate. Too much time to talk, but... You're my well, token ex, ex what? Senior, senior high. Everyone knew who was gay. We knew the te- what teachers were gay, and no one cared. It wasn't a big deal. Right. So I don't get this thing. Well, there's, what it is is they're, they're becoming very radical. Yes. And uh, matter of fact, there's a move by the uh, American Communist Party and the quote-unquote people's world. I heard this on a Christian radio station years ago. Their plan is to 
sledgehammer, the traditional family, and the church. Oh, no, I believe that. Uh, Arnie, I appreciate you. What do you say he's uh, he's our original what? Or former what? I thought Sam, was token ex-gay? I, thought that's I don't think he said gay. I think he said the Q word. Oh. Okay. All right. We got to hit a break here. When we come back, Dr. Katie uh, Kuhlman, great information on a lot of topics that you care about. Stay here. Joe Packs. Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Always great to have back clinical psychologist and just a great all-around person. It's Dr. Katie Coleman. I was going to say Catherine, then you said I can call you Katie. I've been calling you Katie the whole time. Um, and then you said call you anything I want, which doesn't make sense to me. I'm not going to do that one. But I'll call you Dr. Coleman if that's okay. How are you? You can call me Dr. Coleman. Some people call me Dr. Katie. It's it, whatever. Really? And again, now you've been on the big highfalutin Jesse Waters show, and he calls you Catherine. And I was like, well, I'm not calling her Catherine. Am I messing up? So I'm not doing anything wrong, right? Well, you and I just have a closer relationship, so you Duh. get to call me Katie. Exactly. Uh, it's Dr. Coolman, if you, if you don't mind. I actually said I was going to call you Barbara during the interview, which would not have made any sense at all. Uh, I'm so glad that you found some time today. I love that, you're, that your uh, profile and your track is getting larger out there. I think you should be on Fox, you should be on Newsmax, you should be on everything. And thank you for coming back to my little humble place here. Um, so much to talk about. And I want to start here, and I didn't tell you this, but I want to anyway. Uh, when we hear war broke out, I think immediately something happens inside of us. I'm 55. You're younger than I am. My mother is is older than I am. Um, and I think that we deal with it in different ways. I talked to my mom today. She said, everything's fine except I really just am in pain about this thing happening over in Ukraine. And it's interesting to me because her being in the older generation, the generation right before mine, um, that really does matter because she was born right, you know, in the middle of World War II. Is there a difference in our age groups and our generations when it comes to what's happening on the other side of the world? I think so. You know, so I'm, I'm what's called an elder millennial. Okay. Um, so I'm an older millennial, um, but I'm not as annoying as the younger millennials. That's true. I agree so, with you. Yes. Yeah. So I do think it, it depends on the age. You know, like you mentioned with your mom, who's who lived through World War II um, and everything that came along with that, you know, with um, just worries about what was happening here in the U.S. and what that looks like financially. People, I think, especially who who went through the Cold War, yeah. you know, if you remember having to do, you know, nuclear bomb drills at school, I did, um, yeah. and right, and wondering what the Russians were going to do. I think that 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 is likely getting triggered. Uh, more so than anything else. And so the folks who had to live through that, this may be bringing up a lot of those feelings of, oh my gosh, are we going to go through this again? Are we going to have to go through drills? Are the Russians um, going to to become this you know crazy superpower like they once were because they've got um, nuclear weapons? Right. It, so I think that, that that's where a lot of that fear might be coming from. You know, it's interesting. I'm an, I'm an older generation X. So I did have to do that in elementary school. We'd have to get underneath our desk. And when I asked the teacher, why are we doing this? They didn't say nuclear bombs. The teacher said, in case dinosaurs come. And, and that was very interesting to me because I believed it. Obviously, we all believed it. But it was just about getting us to do what we had to do to keep us safe in, in, unless the, you know, in case there was some sort of a deal going on. With my mom, though, and this is interesting, my generation, your generation, my kids, 
we all live in a world where the world is very close to us. You can pick up our, your device and I can find the map of Ukraine and see exactly what's going on and watch some videos and do a news source. Whereas my mother never had that. Yet again, she feels more closely tied to what it is that they're facing. Why is that, do you think? You know, I don't know the ha- I don't know that I have the exact answer. Because for- we're, we're not Ukrainian nor Russian. I mean, and I think that's an important point. People who are maybe have that connection. But because of her generation, maybe because she saw the bodies coming back, maybe because she felt the, the, the euphoria when the war was finally over. I mean, could it be all that? Well, I think that and, you know, of course, World War Two, you know, was brought onto American soil. Right. Um, and the U.S. didn't enter World War Two until later. And so I, I also wonder if there's this fear that the U.S. will become involved in some way, um, which seems a little bit more likely than not. Um, and if that war is brought onto U.S. soil like it was in World War Two, what that's going to look like, because us going overseas and fighting is, of course, much different than having something brought onto our soil. Yeah. You know, it's a lot easier for us to say, OK, well, that's happening in another country. Maybe that doesn't personally affect us as much. But if it's here, then we start to wonder, OK, what does that actually look like? And most people these days have not had to live through anything even remotely close to that. It's uh, Dr. Katie Kuhlman. Make sure you go to drkuhlman.com. That's her website. She's a clinical psychologist and really love having you on the program. Let's talk about what left and right agree on in this country today in light of what's happening in Russia and Ukraine and in light of what's happening politically as well. We saw inflation happening well before Russia invaded Ukraine. We saw what some are calling Bidenflation. We saw empty store shelves because of the supply chain was breaking down. We saw gas prices that were going through the roof. And now with the war, you're seeing it go even higher. Left and right agree we don't want to pay higher gas prices left and uh, left and right agree we should be able to find toilet paper or a loaf of bread when we go to the grocery store so how do you deal with that psychologically because you don't really know what the gas price is going to be tomorrow we already know that it's hurting us now and it's changing our way of life what is the initial thing that you think people do when they face something like this and what should they do maybe well, so if we've learned anything from, you know, how COVID started, it's that people tend to panic when they think that we're about to run out of, you know, a need like that. And right. so I was at Costco yesterday filling up and the lines were crazy. This was the middle of the day, you know, when people theoretically should be at work, right. um, like myself, but I was at <laughs> Costco and I was getting gas and the lines were super long. I, t- I took a picture And I think that's what was happening is that people are thinking, oh, my gosh, I need to fill up now because gas prices are only going to increase. And just like we saw with the panic buying of toilet paper, people started to stock up. And so people are going to want to go fill up their tanks um, more often and make sure that they're always full so that they're getting the best deal on gas. Um, That's going to create this domino effect where everybody else feels like they should be doing the same thing because they don't want to miss out on that, you know. Katie, why, why, why did we go crazy and get toilet paper? Is that a an initial reaction that you, you sort of subconsciously ask yourself, what is it that I would really hate to not have? Is that because nobody ever told me go buy a bunch of toilet paper, but we bought a bunch of toilet paper. So what is it? Is it is it something that we really do break down to our barest you know level and say, what is it that we totally would not want to do without? Is that why we did that? Well, I think it's a fear response. You know, whenever there's anything that causes a bunch of anxiety, you know, in the case of COVID, if you remember right at the very beginning, there was so much uncertainty and nobody knew what the heck was going on or what this disease was. And was this going to be kind of like the zombie apocalypse? And I think that it was treated very much like the zombie apocalypse. And so people were thinking, oh, my gosh, we need to go get as much supplies as possible. So, of course, not only toilet paper, but, you know, all of the shelves on the stores, any kind of 
you know, uh, shelf item like pasta or rice was completely bare. Right. And it, it's a fear response. People are thinking, oh my gosh, um, if I'm going to be hunkered down in my house, what am I going to need? And that's what people did. And so it was really a response to it, kind of like a, almost like a life or death situation. Clearly spot on with the answer. It's a clinical psychologist, Dr. Katie Kuhlman. Go to drkuhlman.com. It's K-U-H-L-M-A-N. Um, when we are in fear or if we just aren't getting any information that causes fear and then we react in certain ways, how can we better as human beings deal with that fear? Because what, the, what they did with COVID was the unknown. We're now finding out a year and a half, two years later that people like me were right when we were talking about the vaccines or whether it's, it's, it's still contagious if you've got a mask on and so on. We, we knew that hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin certainly were therapeutics that could help, but we were told we weren't allowed to say that. So there was a lot of fear. We didn't know what to believe. We weren't being told the straight story, whether it be Fauci or the FDA or the CDC or Biden, whomever. Um, And and human beings, when we're in a place without knowledge, what do we do? Is fight or flight real? Either we curl into the corner and do nothing or we go out there and we try to fight, we argue and we try to get the real news. That's really what triggered so much of what we've seen for the past two years was a lack of knowledge, right? Absolutely. And yes, fight or flight is absolutely real. But but fight or flight was really, you know, it's, it's our body's response to a threat in the moment. Okay. And the thing with COVID is, is that, you know, while that may have felt like a threat in the moment, it, it really wasn't. This it, it wasn't a decision, right? Going and buying a bunch of toilet paper was not a decision that people needed to make in the next 10 minutes or even the next 24 hours. Right. That was something that could have been sat on and could have been waited on. And the reality is that as humans, we do not make good decisions when our bodies and our minds are activated or having any kind of emotional response. And if you've ever gotten in a fight with a spouse, you know, and had that impulse, you know, to, that's it, I'm filing for divorce or right. wanting to walk out, you know, you, you never make a good decision in those moments. And so, you know, what we should be doing is recognizing that response in the moment when we're having it and just waiting for it to pass before we actually make a decision. Unless, of course, we're faced with an immediate threat and then, you know, we allow survival tactics to take over so is fight or flight almost adrenaline run then i mean right at that moment something's happening and you either have to fight your way out of it or just run that run the heck away i mean is that something that that is triggered by hormones or is it really psychological well it it is triggered by hormones and it's psychological so during fight or flight so we're we're faced with a threat and our amygdala gets activated and you know typically we make decisions with our prefrontal cortex i'm giving you a whole like neuro no it's good stuff no I, i love it go ahead yeah Um, But typically we make decisions with our prefrontal cortex and that's responsible for logical and goal-directed thinking, um, you know, running through pros and cons. Um, But the amygdala is more of an impulsive part of the brain. And um, that's what kids use, which is why they make dumb decisions all the time. But it's also the part of the brain that gets activated during trauma or any kind of threat. And that releases adrenaline and then it causes our bodies to react in some kind of way. Um, And so that's where fight or flight comes from. And so really people that are well-trained, like military, first responders, you know, they're trained to remain calm in those situations through a lot of training, but the rest of us are not. It's Dr. Katie Kuhlman. Go to drkuhlman.com. She's a clinical psychologist. Great stuff. Let me ask you something that I I get emails all the time on this, Katie, and and it's uh, to me, it's hard to answer. People will say, can you just give me a website where I can go and get the real news? And that's hard because they're getting very far left news, very far right news, very little in the middle news. And then they have to weigh the decision. That sounds like it's reality or that sounds like reality or compare the two. How would you tell somebody to psychologically deal with 
the misinformation, disinformation, half information, and sometimes the correct information. How do we siphon through that when there are so many sources now throwing so much garbage against the wall, it's hard to see what, whether what sticks is true. Is there a way to deal with that? I mean, I wish that there was an easy solution to that. Like if we could have like an Excel spreadsheet yeah. of different news sources and what they say, say about yeah. various issues, that that would make things a lot easier. But unfortunately, we can't. And so what I tell people to do is, you know, when you have an opinion about something or you have a belief about something like maybe um, I'm trying to think of it. Right. Right. COVID is a hoax. Yes, right. Right. That it that right. Government created. So if that's your belief, well, then go out and look for evidence for and against it. And see what you come up with and wade through it and make the decision that's best for you. You know, don't always go with your gut. Um, make sure that you look at sources. And if you're finding that you can't find any information that supports what you believe, then perhaps you need to take that into consideration. But, but the problem is, and you so well said, what you just said is perfect. It's, it's exactly how I'm able to do my job. I've got to know both sides. If I don't know both sides, I'll be defeated easily in a debate. So I've got to know all the information that's out there. But most people say, I believe this thing, whatever that thing happens to be, I have now proven it by only gathering information that, that backs me up, and they'll ignore the other side. So I love your advice is, no, don't ignore the other side. Actually prove yourself right. And if it turns out you weren't, go the other way. Exactly. That's one of the things that annoys me the most about politics lately is that um, people are oftentimes unwilling to hear alternate perspectives. And even if you are dead set in what you believe, the way that I see it is, how can I defend my view if I don't know what the counter is? Exactly. So I need to I need to understand it at its root. And um, just like science is constantly changing when we're always getting new information. Like it's okay if our opinions change over time as we gather information and start to integrate it into our belief system. Uh, I couldn't agree more. It's Dr. Katie uh, Kuhlman. Make sure you go to her website, drkuhlman.com. Uh, You'll see her over on Fox News all the time, Newsmax all the time, doing great because she's wonderful at what she does. L- let me switch gears and maybe a minute on this, minute and a half on this. Um, to something that you're actually an expert in. You deal with first responders all the time. And, and I love that you do that. And, and hearing the psychology of what they face every day is very difficult for me to ever think that I've got a hard job. Their job is so much exponentially harder than mine will ever be. But we're watching the State of the Union, and we know that one party in this country and a faction of that party has been pushing to defund the police as they have their own private security, defund the police, unarm the police, disband the police, burn down the police headquarters, and so on. And then the guy who's the head of that party, the president, gets on the State of the Union address and says, we've got to fund the police, and we're sending a bunch of money out to fund the police. And then somebody in his own party um, comes on and rebuffs what he just said about funding the police. It's got to be difficult, A, for the first responders, and B, for people in the community I don't know who to believe. Is there a faction that wants to defund the police or not? And if they do, why, do, why are they changing their mood now? Is it because of the political science that we face? So simple question out of that long-winded thing, because my prefrontal cortex is, is going nuts right now. But see, you started all that amygdala and all that stuff. Now, now my brain's working overtime. Simple question. When somebody says we want to defund the police, should we believe them? And then when they say two weeks later, I don't want to defund the police, do we believe them then? How do we psychologically deal with that? 
Well, we need to look back at their pattern of behavior, right? And what they've said in the past and, and do their actions line up with what they're saying? Right. You know, I think that there there's not a profession right now that's more politicized than law enforcement. And it's really unfortunate because the job that they do is the back, you know, it's the backbone of a civilized society. And so we absolutely need them. We should not be defending them. We should, we should be throwing more money at it. Yes. Um, but you know, of course, it's politicized and there's midterms coming up. And Democrats, I think, have realized that the whole defund the police narrative has not been effective. We've seen crime skyrocketing in major cities across the nation. Um, and they see this and they want to make, make sure that they maintain control. Um, and so I think that that's why they're changing the narrative. That's me personally. I would love to be proved wrong. Um, but that's what I'm seeing right now. And so hopefully, as time goes on, um, they will see the need to to increase funding. But right now, we just have to sit back and wait and, and see if their actions line up with what they're saying. At last we spoke, you said that it was hard to get people re- to, to be recruited to be police officers or Border Patrol agents and so on. Is that getting any better? Or is it just as bad as it was? Um, it may be a little bit better. I, I, I don't know the exact numbers, but I can say anecdotally um, that it may be a little bit better. Um, agencies are starting to hire more um, now that COVID's kind of going away, but um, the vast majority of police departments are incredibly understaffed um, and it's hard to recruit good candidates. There may be a lot of people that want to do the job, but people that are psychologically fit, um, that, that have the passion and that can, that can you know, really do a public service job and, and serve from their heart um, is, is difficult to find. Um, anytime there's a recession of any kind, you see an uptick in people wanting to get into public service right. because it's a pretty stable profession, um, but it doesn't mean always mean that they're going to be the best fit. Dr. Katie Kuhlman, make sure you go check out her website, drkuhlman.com, and uh, check her out when she's on television all over the place now. Thank you so much for being a great friend and so knowledgeable on this stuff, and I appreciate you coming back on. Of course, anytime, Joe. All right, we're back after this. Stay right here. This is The Joe Pag Show. Great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. There's a lot going on, lots to get to, not a whole lot of time to do it. In fact, Paul, I'm probably I'm going to move that spot to tomorrow because I want to make sure I give you enough time for that. What's going on, brother? So you see how all these uh, celebrities and, and businesses are, are, I guess, being part of this whole thing with Russia that they're you know, shutting down or not wanting to deal with, with Russia at all, do any business yes. with them. So uh-huh. include Starbucks and McDonald's and Coke. Really? With them, yeah. So there are, there are Starbucks and McDonald's over in Russia? There's tons of them. To the really? point to where all these McDonald's restaurants that are going to shut down, there's going to be about 62,000 employees that are going to be out of work. Holy mackerel. Yeah, but it's gotten That's so a big it, footprint over there. It's gotten so crazy, though, that with the limited supply that's still there, people are buying it and selling the food like on the black market. Come on, dude. Yeah. Like, hey, man, I got a Big Mac over here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Pretty interesting. All right, Polo, I appreciate you. That's Sam. That's Kerry. I'm Joe. We're back tomorrow, same time, same place. Have an incredible night. See you. This is the Joe Pegg Show.